Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist. You can find me at thesuccessalchemist.net, at Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, on Truth Social, Success Alchemist, and on Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 1st of April 2023. Happy April Fool's Day. And I promise I won't fool you during the show. I can guarantee that. The title of today's show is Historic Trump Indictment. Guilty until proven innocent. Financial system implosion. And I'll throw in some other news as well when I, if I have time. So what a milestone of a week this is. Um, it's unprecedented that a previous president, although we know he's really the real president, should be indicted. And I've reported on previous shows that, you know, we believe this is a white hat move to set the precedent that previous presidents can be indicted. Earlier, I think it was only the day before yesterday, or even yesterday, um, actually, no, Thursday, that it was announced that the grand jury in Manhattan was taking a month off. So we all thought, oh, well, they obviously haven't got enough evidence to um, indict Trump. And then out of the blue comes the announcement from the Manhattan district attorney that uh, Trump has been indicted. It's actually a sealed indictment, so we haven't actually seen what the charges are. But um, it certainly had the Democrats all cheering and uh, the Republican side, or at least the, you know, the MAGA people, absolutely up in arms. And some interesting things are coming out about this. Town Hall reports breaking Donald Trump indicted by Manhattan grand jury. So this was on the 30th on Thursday. And just a quick disclaimer before I carry on. Um, I have to say that this show was recorded yesterday on Friday, not on the 1st of April, because I have other commitments on Saturday. So I'm not able to do it actually on the day of the show. But I've tried to keep up with the latest news as much as possible. But just so you know, I won't have included anything that breaks on Saturday. So <clears throat> this town hall article says a Manhattan grand jury voted to indict 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, on Thursday in a case pursued by District Attorney Alvin Bragg, dealing with a, quote, hush money payment made to Stormy Daniels during the 2016 presidential election cycle. The felony indictment, the first against a former president, was filed under seal by Bragg's office 
and will presumably be unsealed and announced in the days to come. But that means the broader public does not yet know which charges on which the grand jury voted to indict the former president turned 2024 presidential candidate. As Town Hall previously reported, the former president's lawyer, Joseph Takapina, has said Trump will surrender to face the charges and be arraigned in person after a remote option was reportedly not preferred by the district attorney's office. That process, if Trump indeed appears in person, will involve a negotiated surrender between Trump's legal team, the United States Secret Service and authorities in Manhattan. Trump will be fingerprinted, photographed and formally arraigned. Trump responded to the indictment with a lengthy statement. This is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower and even before I was sworn in as your President of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hard-working men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, 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 the Mueller hoax, Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, the illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid, and now this. The Democrats have lied, cheated and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president has never happened before, ever. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who was hand-picked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace. Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realise exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party, united and strong, will first defeat Alvin Bragg and then we will defeat Joe Biden and we are going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. On Wednesday, the former president posted on Truth Social about the respect he had gained for the grand jury that indicted him on Thursday. I have gained such respect for this grand jury and perhaps even the grand jury system as a whole. The evidence is so overwhelming in my favour and so ridiculously bad for the highly partisan and hateful district attorney that the grand jury is saying, hold on, we are not a rubber stamp which most grand juries are branded as being. We are not going to vote against a preponderance of evidence or against large numbers of legal scholars all saying there is no case here. Drop this sick witch hunt now. 
Prior to the official grand jury indictment, the Republican-led U.S. House of Representatives launched an inquiry of D.A. Bragg for what GOP committee chairman says is an unprecedented abuse of prosecutorial authority. The indictment of a former president of the United States and current declared candidate for that office that comes after years of your office searching for a basis, any basis, on which to bring charges, ultimately settling on a novel legal theory, untested anywhere in the country and one that federal authorities declined to pursue. The fact that the legal case Bragg is likely to bring is untested means a court could limit the charges handed up by the grand jury or throw out Bragg's case altogether. Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, reacted to the indictment by torching Bragg for engaging in a blatant abuse of power and warning a weaponized justice system endangers all of us. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, considered a likely 2024 primary opponent to Trump, also chimed in to blast the un-American weaponization of the legal system that Soros-backed Bragg has engaged in. What's more, DeSantis said, Florida will not assist in an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with this Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. Editors note, if they can come for a former president actively campaigning to take back the White House, they can come for us and they can come for you. Red State sent an email. I am one of their subscribers. It's not actually an article. And it says, as dawn breaks over America, all eyes are now firmly glued to newscasts, social media and newspapers as the headlines all read Trump indicted. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has gotten a grand jury to vote to indict former President Donald Trump. At this time, we don't know what the charges are. All we have are reports from the sources that leak to media outlets. Trump is expected to turn himself in on Tuesday and we will undoubtedly find out what the charges are at that time. In the meantime, that gives the 2024 candidate plenty of time to rake in more money in donations, which in and of itself should be a big problem. Justice is supposed to be blind and leaking incoming indictments to stir up media headlines gives away the game here. They were always going to indict Trump. It was just a matter of finding the right charge or charges. No one is above the law, presidents and ex-presidents included. If Trump committed a crime, he should have to answer for it. But do not think for a moment that that this is really about justice. To pursue Trump on the case of paying off a porn star with a known liar as your star witness, no less, when every law enforcement agency previously walked away from that investigation isn't justice, it's a vendetta. And when I say every law enforcement agency, I include the Manhattan DA's office in that. It wasn't until progressives began raising their voices at Bragg that the office decided to reverse course on that. After the 2008 presidential primary, Democratic candidate John Edwards faced six counts for similar allegations. He was alleged to be violating federal election law and campaign, campaign finance rules to pay people off over an extramarital affair. Ultimately, the case ended with a not guilty on one count 
and a mistrial on the remaining five. At the time, Michael Steele and Joe Scarborough called the proceedings an absolute waste of resources. This is an absolute waste of resources right now. The man has gone through a huge public humiliation, said Steele, the former Republican National Committee chairman. Let him gather himself, pay whatever fines he needs to pay, and then let him go back to his family and heal, Steele said. Is there anybody who disagrees with me that John Edwards' family has suffered enough and that this is a waste of precious resources by the Justice Department? Scarborough asked. You will note Scarborough and Steele have no such sentiments regarding Trump's current predicament. But the investigation against Trump is even less tenuous than the case against Edwards. It is based on the testimony of a convicted serial liar and is only tangentially about campaign finance. The investigation is instead centred around falsified business records, a state-level crime, and uses campaign finance as the tool to have accomplished that. However, he was never charged with campaign finance violations, which are federal-level crimes. It seems legally difficult to prove him guilty on one charge if it's based on other crimes he has never been charged with, much less convicted of. This is weaponized, dumb justice at its worst. This is vendetta politics using the legal system as a way to take out a political opponent, and it's going to backfire. This will end with egg on Bragg's face and progressives sputtering with rage that they have once again failed to convict the extremely evil and bad and evil orange man. This is the first time an ex-president has been charged with a crime after leaving office. It is unprecedented, legally weak and a sign that the left cares more about using the legal system to harass and arrest political opponents than it does about actual justice. This is exactly the type of weaponization of the legal system that conservatives have been warning about and we're seeing it come to pass right now. It won't stop here. And keep in mind it doesn't stop with Trump being able to convince a progressive DA that these most likely weak charges are worth pursuing to go after a political opponent means the left will be incentivized to continue doing it. If they can come for a former president actively campaigning for the White House, they can come for us and they can come for you. And then from the same stable as Red State, this is hotair.com. Again, it came through in an email, not in an article, but I will share that so that Nancy can post it in the description of the recording. Let's see what someone who spent her entire adult life in American politics has learned about its civics and system of justice. When reacting to the news of the grand jury indictment of Donald Trump last night, Nancy Pelosi rushed to assure us that they had, quote, acted upon the facts and the law, end quote, two assertions without apparent evidence, considering that we haven't even seen the indictment yet. At the same time, Pelosi instructed everyone to remember that Trump, has a right to a trial where he can, quote, prove innocence, end quote. Uh, what? If the system now requires defendants to prove their innocence when indicted, 
then that system should get no respect at all, as pretty much anyone who hasn't immersed themselves in beltway swamp water across five decades could easily explain trials are not for defendants to prove innocence. Defendants in the American system aren't required to prove anything at all. Rather, trials require the government to prove guilt. In fact, the standard of proof for guilt in criminal cases is not just a preponderance of evidence either, but beyond a reasonable doubt. For Pete's sake, school children know this. Why doesn't Pelosi? Furthermore, a trial, and for that matter preliminary hearings, exist to test the proposition that grand juries and prosecutors did indeed quote, follow the facts and the law, end quote, when issuing indictments. That is the actual purpose of trials and of requiring the prosecution to bear that burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Prosecutors wield great power and are susceptible to human failings. Incompetence, politicisation, corruption and just plain malice. Judges and juries exist as checks on that power, as does that burden of proof. This might seem like a momentary brain cramp in isolation. However, the past few years have shown that the political establishment, government bureaucrats and their partners in media have adopted a guilty until proven innocent mentality. That came through clearly in the Russia collusion hoax, especially in the reliance on the ludicrous Steele dossier. It became even more pronounced in the COVID-19 pandemic, during which the FBI, DHS, CDC and other agencies actively pressured big tech companies to quash dissent and debate over government policies. News organisations played along and in fact still do, actively suppressing stories that turn out to be true and acting as enforcer for the ruling class's propaganda edicts. And I would add the January 6th political prisoners. I mean, that's a complete travesty of justice. Anyway, continuing. Pelosi didn't make a momentary blunder. She revealed what she wants American governance to be, a tyranny where political adversaries are threatened with prosecution and when indicted are forced to prove innocence. This is the progressive project to concentrate power in Washington, D.C., and dictate outcomes across the U.S. and to leverage law enforcement and prosecutions to keep power. And if they're emboldened enough to go after Donald Trump, none of the rest of us are safe. Or perhaps you missed how Matt Taibbi got a visit from the IRS while exposing this censorship complex while testifying to Congress. This is why we work so hard to remain independent of big tech and its entanglements in the government industrial censorship complex. And then the latest comes from Trending Politics. Report Trump lawyers strike deal with prosecutors over terms of Trump surrender. An agreement has been reached between prosecutors in Manhattan and Trump's legal team over the terms of the former president's surrender. The news comes less than a day after the Manhattan grand jury announced their vote to indict the former president for his hush money case with Stormy Daniels. According to the report, Trump will not be handcuffed when he surrenders. The unusual event will mark the first instance of a former US commander-in-chief being arrested and brought to court. 
A court representative has confirmed that Donald Trump's court appearance is scheduled for Tuesday, April 4th at 2.15pm Eastern Time. Joe Tacopina, Trump's lawyer, remarked that, quote, he will not be put in handcuffs. I'm sure they'll try to make sure they get some joy out of this by parading him, end quote. Trump will have Secret Service protection the entire time. Before the indictment was announced, Trump's legal team had expressed hesitation about Trump surrendering, surrendering in person, suggesting that he's allowed a quiet surrender with a remote appearance instead. They have even referenced guidance from the Secret Service regarding potential security risks. However, Trump apparently rejected those ideas. Reports in early March indicated that the former president rationalised that since he would have to surrender himself to authorities for fingerprinting and a mugshot at the courthouse anyway, he might as well turn it into a spectacle. The indictment of a former US president is an unprecedented event in American history. It remains to be seen how the legal proceedings will unfold and what impact they will have on Trump's political future. According to The Guardian, Trump had rejected a remote approach and told various allies over at the time that he didn't even care if someone shot him because it would make him a martyr. Trump's increasing insistence that he wants to be handcuffed behind his back for a perp walk appears to come from various motivations, including that he wants to project defiance in the face of what he sees as an unfair prosecution and that it would galvanise his base for his 2024 presidential campaign. And after the indictment was announced, Don Jr. slammed the move as communist-level shit. So it makes you wonder, actually, knowing how the White Hats use optics, why did he say that he wouldn't care if he was shot because it would make him a martyr? You know, it makes you wonder whether there's going to be something, some drama set up where perhaps... A body double gets shot, maybe not shot to death, but shot. Um, we know that Antifa and BLM, well, not necessarily BLM, but we know that Antifa people and probably the FBI have been um, dressed up as MAGA supporters um, demonstrating or protesting outside the Manhattan um, court. So... It'll be interesting to see how this plays out next week. Um, certainly, they haven't really got a leg to stand on with the case or with the indictment, but, hell, that doesn't stop them, does it? I mean, they'll play dirty any way they can. Um, it could be, and this was um, Alan Dershowitz, who I'm not a fan of. He was saying that the thing will get, the case will get thrown out because it's outside of the statute of limitations, but also that, you know, having had it thrown out by the federal courts, they chose not to pursue it. And other courts, um, it really doesn't have a leg to stand on. So we'll have to wait and see. But obviously, the deep state are so desperate to stop Trump from running again and god forbid he should win they will try anything and it's just a long continuance of what was rightly called a vendetta against Trump 
So I'm going to move on now to the financial system implosion I mentioned in the title. And this is again from Benjamin Fulford. And as I've mentioned in previous shows or recent previous shows, um, I know some of you don't particularly buy into everything that Benjamin talks about. And to be honest, I don't buy into everything. I think I've said before, I'm not a believer in the guru syndrome. You know, it's about picking out what you feel resonates with you, what you feel is true, and discarding the things that you don't feel is true. Now, if you feel completely that the person delivering this information has integrity issues, you don't feel that this person is genuine, then that's when you kind of move away from them and, and look for other sources. I don't feel that way with Benjamin Fulford, certainly not at the moment, but who knows? I mean, I recently subscribed to his paid subscription so I could get access to his full reports. If it turns out that, you know, I don't feel comfortable again, then I can cancel that. My objective is to just look for the best sources of information that I can share with you. And by all means, if if you have a source you would recommend, then please let me know about them. Just email me, jan at thesuccessalchemist.net or message me on Facebook and um, I'll be very grateful for that information. So anyway, Benjamin is reporting Western financial system suffers $8 trillion implosion. Revolution follows. This was published March 27th. He always puts these out at the beginning of the week. The collapse of the Western financial system is a mathematical certainty because recent rate hikes created at least an $8 trillion loss for financial institutions. Governments have been trying to foist this on the people. Revolution will be the result. This is why unprecedented unrest is overtaking France, Germany, Pakistan, Israel and many other places. There is also a global awakening to the fact the so-called rule-based world order means rule by genocidal Satan-worshipping criminals. This means mass arrests and war crimes tribunals are inevitable. The question now is which Kazarian Mafia puppet leader will be first to fall, Emmanuel Macron of France or Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel? Whoever it is, they will be followed in short order by the fake President Joe Biden in the US, Justin Castrudeau in Canada, Olaf Scholz in Germany, and Ursula von der Leyen of the EU. Other dominoes to fall will include the fake Pope Francis and puppet leaders in Pakistan, South Korea, Japan, etc. Since the bankruptcy of the Western Khazarian Mafia ruling class is the cause of the political turmoil, let us first look at the latest developments on this front. The basic story is that no matter how hard you try to avoid reality, eventually it finds a way of catching up. The KM started avoiding reality first by allowing banks to lend $100 for every $8 they have. These are so-called BIS rules. That's the Bank of International Settlements. This is dangerous because it means more than 10 times leverage. 
Then, since this was falling apart, Bill Clinton Rockefeller upped the ante by allowing a thousand or more times leverage. This turned most of the Western financial system into a giant hallucination known as derivatives with countless gazillion dollars, an imaginary but very large number, being batted around inside bank supercomputers. The problem is the rest of the world, especially the Asians, insisted on being paid with money backed by real things that actually exist. To keep paying debt to Asia, etc., in real stuff, the United States of America Corporation and its owners stole oil from Iraq and other countries extorted Japan's nest egg, forced the world to buy toxic vaccines, etc. The war in Ukraine was their last hurrahs. They used it to sell off their weapon stashes and launder stolen cryptocurrency via the Ukrainian central bank. And there's a screenshot from Science. US halts funding for new risky virus studies calls for voluntary moratorium. No grants for flu, SARS or MERS while government pursues one-year risk analysis. Since even this was not enough, the Rockefellers, Rothschilds, etc. began extorting even more money from the European and American people. For example, they blew up the Nord Stream pipeline to force Europeans to buy LNG, liquid natural gas, from the US at four times the price they paid Russia. That is why the EU's total LNG imports from the US increased 154% in 2022 compared to 2021. Needless to say, European living standards dropped accordingly. This is one of the reasons why Europe is now in flames. More on that later. The biggest extortion now is coming from the privately owned FRB, uh, Federal Reserve Bank, hiking interest rates. As a result of recent rate hikes, the Indian Express newspaper estimates US banks have lost at least $2 trillion, while banks outside the US have lost $6 trillion in investments in interest-sensitive assets since 2022. Against this conservative $8 trillion loss estimate, U.S. banks insured by the FDIC have nearly $24 trillion in assets, while the FDIC only has $125 billion in its war chest. Even this $125 billion is gone because U.S. banks borrowed $153 billion at a punitive 4.75% against collateral at the discount window. This is more than during the Lehman crisis of 2008. This does not even take into account the quadrillion dollars losses the banks have on derivatives gambles. In a sign this time, even central banks are going down. The Dutch central bank lost close to half a billion euros last year, its first loss since the Great Depression of 1931. This is just the beginning. This financial crisis will lead inevitably to the collapse of the World Bank, the IMF, the BIS and most international financial institutions, as well as many governments. Systems failure, anyone? That is why the Western Committee of 300 has proposed to the Asian elders that negotiations begin on setting up a new world of financial architecture, 
In specific, they support the idea of setting up a future planning agency headquartered in Asia. This would take over the functional parts of the IMF, World Bank, BIS, etc. and help redirect Western resources away from perpetual war and resource theft and towards building a better future for the entire planet. Even if the Asians do not agree to negotiations right away, the West is headed for total regime change. The Asians will then have to reach some sort of deal with the new leadership, be that war or be that peace. Okay, so now let us look at how the revolution is unfolding. We will start with Israel, which after Switzerland has been the main KM headquarters. And that, to remind you again, is Khazarian Mafia. Their Mossad sources report the country is in total revolution. This is all happening now. Here are a few bullet points showing the total chaos in that country. Israeli consul in New York resigns, says cannot serve Netanyahu. Several mayors announce hunger strike over judicial overhaul. Massive protest in Israel after PM Netanyahu fired defense minister who opposed judicial overhaul. Hebrew Channel 12, citing a senior official in the Likud party, Netanyahu has lost control. Rumours of mutiny in the Israeli Defence Force. Israel's national trade unions call a general strike, shutting down the economy. The situation has reached the point where the avatar Netanyahu was forced to flee to shelter as masses of angry citizens stormed his house. This is the fall of Babylon and the end of over 3,000 years of Jewish slavery, Jewish resistance forces say. In France, meanwhile, the situation is, if anything, even more dramatic. It is estimated that well over 9 million people took to the streets with 3.5 million in Paris alone. More ominously for Rothschild's slave President Macron, police officers have laid down their arms and are supporting the protesters. The mobs are shouting, when Macron falls, you'll learn it all. One of the things they have learned is French First Lady Brigitte Macron started out life as a man. That is because her lawsuit against two women who alleged that she underwent gender reassignment surgery was thrown out without a hearing. The important point is the fact he or she fought so hard to keep this a secret means Macron was being blackmailed about this. French nationwide TV broadcasts have also already reported French elite torture and kill thousands of children to harvest adrenochrome every year. This is not going to end well for the KM leadership in France. Macron is hoping to fly to China next week to get help, but it is a good bet he will be arrested before he can get there. There is also a move towards regime change happening in Germany. Germany's opposition AFD party, for example, is saying if Seymour Hirsch is correct about his being involved in blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz committed treason and must resign. And there's a link there to the Gateway Pundit article. Also, Germany will be shut down today, March 27th, in a massive strike. It will be the latest in months of industrial action and protests that have hit major European economies as higher food and energy prices dent living standards. This imminent loss of power is why European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen 
Macron and other European leaders want to visit China to try to get help. US so-called President Biden is also trying to arrange a phone call with Chinese President Xi Jinping, but so far is getting the cold shoulder. Here from the official Chinese Xinhua news agency, you can see why China is not taking his call. The United States is the only country that has used biological and chemical weapons in multiple wars and the only country that opposes the establishment of a multilateral verification mechanism for the Biological Weapons Convention. The United States is the number one warmonger in the world. It was not at war for only 16 years throughout its 240 plus years of history and accounted for about 80% of all post-World War II armed conflicts. In any case, the Rockefeller regime Biden puppets days are numbered. We are hearing from multiple sources that the entire political drama about US President Donald Trump being about to get arrested is nothing more than a circus act. It is all rehearsed and the White Hat Alliance is controlling the show. This is what is behind headlines like this one. Trump unveils plan to dismantle the deep state as possible indictment looms. And Rasmussen reports, and it's got a a Twitter screenshot, the Manhattan DA cancelled his planned arrest of President Trump when his final grand jury witness told the jurors that Bragg was hiding hundreds of pages of exculpatory evidence from them. Bragg is at risk of being charged with prosecutorial misconduct. That was from Amuse, at Amuse, on Twitter. Well, of course, this was old news, and we've seen now the indictment being uh, filed. And he includes a screenshot of this letter from Stormy Daniels. I covered this in last week's show, so I won't go into it, but basically she's saying she never had an affair with him. So it completely undermines any claim that there was any illegal activity on the part of Trump. Um, In Canada, too, knives are out for the war criminal Justin Castrudeau. Among other things, he is driving Canada to bankruptcy in order to serve his World Economic Forum masters. And in case you're not aware, although I'm sure a lot of my listeners are aware, the reason he's saying Justin Castrudeau instead of just Trudeau is that it seems that many people believe that he is the son of, of Castro, Fidel Castro. The attack on Western Stooge leaders is part of a global stage production, which is like a circus show is getting more exciting by the day, CIA sources comment. A big part of the show is taking place in Pakistan, where Imran Khan, backed by the White Hat Global Alliance, will hold the largest rally in the country's history today amid crackdowns by the unlawful government currently in power against supporters. The current fake PM Sharif says Khan's political party was not a political party, but rather a gang of militants. He is, of course, talking about himself and his own heroin-dealing puppet government. The show also includes military fireworks in the Middle East. Last week saw an unprecedented military clash between Iran and the US on Syrian soil. Until now, the Russians have held back the Iranians, but now that Iran and Saudi Arabia have a military alliance, it looks like the green light has been given by China and Russia 
to kick U.S. oil thieves out of Syria and Iraq. Saudi TV, meanwhile, depicted Biden as extending his hand to shake a non-existent person's getting lost on stage and falling up the steps of Air Force One while an equally useless Kamala Harris looks on. And if you haven't seen that skit uh, video circulating on the internet, then you really ought to. It's hilarious. Um, it's very embarrassing, of course, that the US should be headed by this absolute clown. But there you go. Hopefully it won't be for much longer. The fake President Biden reacted to these developments by saying, make no mistake, the United States does not, does not, I emphasize, seek conflict with Iran. Now it looks like the US has blinked and is withdrawing from Syria if this news item is anything to go by. On 25th of March, at least 80 fuel tankers loaded with hundreds of tonnes of stolen Syrian oil were taken out of Syria as part of a 148-vehicle convoy that crossed the illegal Al-Walid border crossing. We also note Egypt has abandoned the IMF and has officially become a new member of the new development bank created by BRICS member states, Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. In Mexico too, Mexican Marines and police officers seized US construction firm Vulcan Materials Port Terminal near Playa del Carmen in southern Mexico. There is clearly a lot more to this story than is being reported, presumably to do with drug money, etc. There's also a lot taking place in Africa. Last week, 40 heads of African states met with Putin and Xi in Moscow. Now in a sign, the Russians, having kicked the French out of most of Africa, are going after British ex-colonies. Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni said he was grateful for the Soviet Union's assistance in Africa's fight against colonialism. We are very satisfied with our cooperation with the Russian Federation in the sphere of defence. At around the same time, Chad is nationalising all assets from multinational oil giant ExxonMobil, including its hydrocarbon and exploration permits. This means the Rockefellers are no longer able to steal oil from that country. Meanwhile, General Michael Langley, the head of US Africa Command, AFRICOM, is admitting Africans who receive US training later go on to be involved in coups against civilian governments. We also see trucks moving coal from Richards Bay in South Africa to the EU. 9.6 million tonnes in nine months. It may be that like the Americans are fleeing Syria with the last of their stolen oil, the KM is fleeing South Africa with stolen coal. It is with these sorts of developments in mind that Xi Jinping told the media change is coming that hasn't happened in a 100 years and we are driving this change together, to which Putin answered, I agree. They added China's Ukraine peace proposal is not only endorsed by Russia, but is supported by the entire global south. The war in Ukraine has been won by Russia anyway. As things stand, 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers are trapped in the strategic and important city of Bakhmut, a.k.a. Artyomovsk. Now we find out Russian Defence Minister Sergei Shogu and Turkish Defence Minister Hulusi Akar have reached a deal on the Black Sea, 
As a senior CIA source notes, he who controls the Black Sea will win this war. The cornered KM rats, meanwhile, are upping the ante on their war crimes. Polish intelligence says Ukraine has been using chemical weapons for two months. The exact chemical composition of the substances used is not yet known, but they cause serious injuries to soldiers and civilians. The use of chemical weapons is a war crime committed by the Ukrainian side. The KM are also trying to spread radioactive substances disguised as depleted uranium shells. That is why UK Deputy Defence Chief Annabelle Goldie will be charged with war crimes. In Poland, meanwhile, the current ruling party plans to leave a mess, a Pandora's box, seemingly arguing with others and knowing that they will rule together. A huge budget hole, bad investments and planning and elections run like a singing contest, according to Polish intelligence. They say the KM plan is to use low-concentration ricin vaccines to finish off the rest of the people. They can do it with the help of Ukrainians dressed in Polish uniforms. The Hanukkah government in Warsaw has a plan which is currently being implemented to liquidate the Polish nation. The Polish state is to be composed of Jews and Ukrainians. The official languages will be Hebrew and Ukrainian. The Polish people can rest assured the Global White Hat Alliance is putting an end to these KM plans for a greater Khazaria. Poland will be liberated. In the US, meanwhile, the American College of Physicians says a super-deadly fungus with 60% kill rate, is an urgent threat spreading across America. The corporate media is referring to this as a hit HBO show. In it, characters become afflicted with a cordyceps mushroom strain that evolved to infect humans, controlling their minds and turning them into bloodthirsty zombies that see vines explode out of their bodies and can infect others. It is obvious the fear porn being pushed out by the KM is now degenerating to the point of farce. Finally, we are hearing about intensified fighting at underground bases in the US and now Canada. We are even getting news reports out of Canada where they are at least admitting recent earthquakes aren't natural but almost certainly lying about the cause. Notice that it was four kilometres underground. And there's a screenshot, largest recorded Alberta earthquake, not natural, from oil sands wastewater, study says. Edmonton, the largest recorded earthquake in Alberta's history, was not a natural event, but most likely caused by disposal of oil sands wastewater, new research has concluded. This event was caused by wastewater disposal, said Ryan Schultz, a Canadian seismologist, who helped conduct the research while at Stanford University in California. In November, parts of Alberta near the northwestern town of Peace River were rocked by a series of quakes culminating in one that reached a 5.6 magnitude. We are also getting more and more reports of unusual sky activity. So in conclusion, and he finishes with a bunch of videos of UFO activity, which I can't obviously share with you because we're not visual on cosmic reality radio so you know one one reason that i like to 
report on the Benjamin Fulford articles is he does look at this from a global point of view. You know, it's easy to just look at the US in isolation or the UK in isolation and not see all the other things that are happening around the world that are all painting this big picture of how the Khazarian Mafia are losing and how the White Hats, really, as we've said before, have already won. I know it's painful to sit out the, you know, the process of them being taken down, but at least we can be reassured that the good guys are winning. Thank God. So I just want to share a couple of other things. And this relates to Ukraine. And it was something that a friend on Facebook um, reminded me of. And it's a friend of mine. He's actually been on one of my uh, earlier shows where I was doing interviews, MP Grant. He's an ex, um, uh, what should I say, elite security guard, shall we say. He says, EU, NATO, US ordinance stroke economy wiped out, not even bullets. Russia rises like the phoenix. Middle East and China too, buddies. And my response, and it, it was something that reminded me of this prophecy. And I, I did a search on it. And what I came up with is 80 years ago, a prophet by the name of Edgar Casey prophesied that Russia would become a savior of sorts to help prevent the destruction of mankind. Casey foresaw that future world crises would hinge on finance and he pointed to Russia as being the thorn in the side of the financial powers that were organising themselves against the good of humanity in a post-World War II world. And I said, well, looky here at what's happening, financial collapse in the West. And so it's interesting because those of us who haven't fallen for this propaganda about, you know, standing with Ukraine... I've known all along that Putin has been working with the White Hat Alliance against the globalists. That's why he's been, you know, he moved into Ukraine and at a time when um, it wouldn't reflect badly on Trump. It was delayed until Biden, the false president, was in power. And, of course, we've had all these revelations about biolabs there, and we know about the money laundering, um, you know, the, the human trafficking, the child trafficking, and all sorts of other horrors. And Zelensky, uh, some people have said, well, you know, is he playing a part, and is he really part of the White Hats? I'm not too sure. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> the... The people, the politicians like Pelosi and co are saying, oh, you know, we must protect democracy in Ukraine when he's the dictator that has been shutting down opposition journalists, opposition politicians, even opposition political parties, you know. And it's it's sad to say that, unfortunately, a lot of people have fallen for it and they've still got the Ukrainian flags in their profiles alongside their pronouns talking of which of course we had this shooting in Tennessee by a trans woman well I never know how to catalogue them actually because this is a, a female biological female who was identifying as a man and went into this covenant school in Nashville 
and shot and killed three nine-year-old children and three of the staff. And the mainstream media have been turning her into the victim rather than the poor um, victims of her shooting. And they've been apologising for misgendering her and dead-naming her, as, as they say. And, you know, some people have questioned whether this whole thing is a false flag anyway, because, strangely, the uh, body cam footage was released so quickly. I mean, normally that doesn't happen. In fact, you've got to really fight for the release of the body cam. And people have remarked about the fact that it seemed more like a training exercise and it even goes as far as showing the point at which this person was shot by the police department responding. And it's got this body lying on the floor with the face kind of blurred out, but no sign of blood or anything from considering the number of shots that were fired. So it's all very strange how this has happened. And as always, we say, well, what are they trying to distract us from? The thing that's concerning about this, though, is that this whole narrative is coming out about, you know, hate and threats against transgender people. And so no sooner did this shooting happen, but we got this um, announcement and publication of a trans day of vengeance, stop trans genocide, um, scheduled for April 1st. So that's, you know, that this Saturday, assemble at the Supreme Court and wear a mask to cover their identity. And apparently, I did read a report somewhere that these people were getting gun training. But, um, you know, nobody's talked about transgender genocide. It's just another excuse to cause some kind of violence, protest, whatever. You know, we just, we're not interested in transgenders. They can do whatever they want as long as they don't force it on innocent children and mutilate them and, you know, push it down our throats when it's such a minority of the community. You know, we're all getting fed up of this LGBTQIA, B, C, D, E, F, G um, being privileged to want us to you know, not only accept them, which large pe- a large number of people do, you know, they don't care what lifestyle these people live as long as they don't negatively impact other people with, with it. But to be honest, we're fed up with these drag, drag queen um, story hours, drag queen shows where children are being involved in, in watching quite obscene um, performances and of course all this pornography that's been pushed down kids throats in pardon the pun in um, in schools and you know parents are standing up at the school boards and being vilified by the mainstream media and the school boards who want to support what is nothing short of Babylonian obscenity. So I just want to end on a positive note. 
And this is from Blaze Media. QAnon shaman released from prison just weeks after Tucker Carlson airs footage of January 6th. Jacob Chansley, better known as the QAnon shaman, who entered the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, wearing Patriot-themed face paint and horns but no shirt, has been released from prison early. As of, re- of Thursday, reports from the Bureau of Prisons indicate that Chansley, 35, has been moved from federal prison to a halfway house in Phoenix, Arizona. In September 2021, Chansley pled guilty to civil disorder and violent entry to the Capitol. He and his attorney even signed a statement claiming that he entered the building through a broken door, that he was not lawfully authorised to enter or remain in the building, and that he entered the gallery of the Senate alone. However, Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy recently released tens of thousands of hours of unedited footage of the events of January 6th to Fox News host Tucker Carlson. In turn, Carlson aired just a brief portion of that footage a few weeks ago. That footage contradicted the claim that Chansley violently entered the Capitol and that he entered the gallery alone. Rather, Capitol Police appeared to escort the unarmed Chansley throughout his time in the Capitol. When Chansley eventually entered the gallery of the Senate, he prayed for the police who, quote, allowed them into this building. And he's actually going to be released from the halfway house on May 25th. Now, the people are asking, why hasn't more footage come out through Tucker Carlson after this, you know, small portion of the video was released? Um, Kevin McCarthy said he was going to release it to the public and to other outlets. Uh, Maybe it's because he said they've got to check through it all to make sure it's not going to give away any security information. But, you know, we've been waiting quite a few weeks now for this and still no sign of it. And I'm sure there are many other of the others that are politically detained in the DC jail as political prisoners that should be let out just like um, the QAnon shaman has. I mean, this political persecution is just absolutely horrific. And people say that the only reason that Jacob Chansley pleaded guilty is because he was kept in solitary confinement for 11 months and, you know, was just desperate to get out and get some kind of verdict. So he saw a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, this is completely unconstitutional how these people have been held without bail, without trial for over two years. It's horrendous. But uh, hopefully all these bad guys will have to face justice and be held accountable And let's face it, it can't happen too soon, can it? We've been waiting a long time for this. But seeing the developments, you know, we have to stay optimistic, positive, and, um, you know, look at the big picture. And we are seeing major changes, uh, certainly if not happening, about to happen with the collapse of the whole financial system, which has been the support of the Khazarian Mafia for multiple generations so that's all i have time for this week i hope you've enjoyed the show and you'll 
come and listen to my show next week. Thank you to Nancy Hopkins for producing and to Derek Condit for sponsoring Cosmic Reality Radio. Do visit his mysticalwares.com website and support him by buying some of the wonderful metaphysical products there. And until next time, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.